0: What? College matters. What? College, College matters. matters. Really?
1: For sure. College matters.
0: Alma, Alma matters. matters.
1: Um, I will say one of my cherished memories, it's very little, it's very intimate for me, but I remember it was about a year year and a half ago um, I was at my mom's and I was wearing her pajamas because I came back to visit and I didn't have my clothes with me and Mm -hmm. I remember standing there at the door with her and I just gave her a hug and all of a sudden I just had a feeling like wow this is where I'm supposed to be and it made me realize that every action that I took to get back into school I did it for all the right reasons, and it was truly for myself, so.
0: That is Han Tran, a Goldwater scholar who is pursuing a bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering at North Carolina State University. Hello, I'm your host, Venkat Raman. In high school, Han wasn't very focused on academics, While STEM came naturally to her, she was more interested in relationships with people. After high school, she joined nursing school, but soon dropped out because of personal and financial hardships. After working a number of years in nail salons and saving up some money, Han decided to enroll in a local community college for a trigonometry course. Han joins us on our podcast to share her road to undergraduate college, dropping out of nursing school, going back to a community college, winning the Goldwater Scholarship, undergraduate research on diseases, transferring to NCSU for a four-year degree program, and her advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives five highlights from the podcast
1: my overall impression of college is it's something that is probably one of the most valuable assets you can have in your repertoire like just yeah. just an acquired skill set i acknowledge my shortcomings and I Even though I was interested in STEM, I knew that like, for example, mathematics, that was not my strongest area. And when I realized I wanted to become a biomedical engineer, I realized that I needed uh, some sort of proficiency. And so rather than jumping right back into school and struggling to catch up or keep up, I decided to take uh, like more beginning um Math courses to sort of ease my transition back into college. I got into research because of the uh, REU, which is a research experience for undergraduates. Um, I never really knew much about it, and I always thought because I was only in the, like the community college systems, and because. I've been in and out of college and so I felt like my foundation and my education was quite fragmented. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I was able to do research let alone did I even have the potential for it but Mm -hmm. um, my advisor is telling me about like RU opportunities and so I decided to do some research. I felt like some professors took me a little more seriously as a student, as a non-traditional adult student. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I got my research uh, experience in Clemson, um, they also allowed me to take it, or at least they were more inclined to accepting me and taking me on mm-hmm. as a researcher uh, mm-hmm. because I won the scholarship. My advice, well, I guess a couple... Uh, Definitely focus on school. I feel like when I was in high school, I was more focused on establishing connections and relationships and just building up friendship. And unfortunately, uh, the people I was friends with in high school aren't really my friends now. Um, But what I realized was that my education still stays with me.
0: These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Han. So without further ado, here is Han Tran. Give us a feeling for your overall impression. I know know there's a lot to talk about here, but Let's start with just some overall impressions, and then we can dive into different aspects.
1: Yeah, um, OK. So my overall impression of college is it's something that is probably one of the most mm-hmm. valuable assets you can have in your repertoire, like just mm-hmm. just an acquired skill set. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was younger, like moving around a lot and just coming from a family, um, that was, you know, surviving from the war and whatnot, Um, Mm -hmm. education wasn't really our biggest priority. And unfortunately it sort of like rubbed off on me too. And so my relationship with college back then wasn't the same as it is now. I went to school for nursing the first time around and unfortunately i think because of my mindset i was not completely in it um mm-hmm. and i think i was in it for all the wrong reasons and so as a result i just had difficulty staying in school and being in school mm-hmm. so um it wasn't until being out of school that i realized that the things i want to do in life like my what i found to be my purpose in life Um, unfortunately, I could not get far with unless I Mm -hmm. get an education. Um, So the last few years, I have worked really hard to put myself in this position to be back in school. So my overall impression with college is that it is one of the most powerful, powerful tools you can have in under your belt.
0: Tell us a little bit about high school. What were you like in high school? I know You mentioned that education wasn't a priority, but what was high school
1: like? Yeah, uh, high school, I think I kind of just floated by. I mean, I was in marching band. I did a winter color guard. Um, I was in some activities, but mostly I think I was more focused on wanting to establish relationships with people. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in retrospect, those didn't last. So. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I focused more in school then.
0: Now, what, what kind of courses or classwork uh, interested you then? What, what, what are you interested in?
1: Yeah, so I was in an honors program. Um, and at the time our school was, was still fairly new. It was only built like three years before um I graduated and so it was still like in its infancy um, there were just basic courses offered um mm-hmm. the ones that interest me the most were the art classes only because I found a uh, pleasure in just being able to produce something and um again because I wasn't too focused on school or my academics I I did well naturally in STEM, but I just never truly applied myself. And Mm -hmm. rather than producing something there, I produced something in like ceramics or painting instead.
0: You mentioned that uh, you went to nursing school after uh, high school um, and you, you know, you dropped out. Tell us, tell us about, what you did after that what did you do after uh, leaving nursing school
1: yeah so um when i was in nursing school i dropped out because um i wasn't in a financial position to um to go to school and then i also had a lot of personal hardships going on in the background that just really did not allow me to be in a good position for school and so um I was in a position where I was like a young adult. I had to make it by and you know keep my head above the water financially. And mm-hmm. so so my family, they came from Vietnam and so mm-hmm. coming to the US Uh, one of the ways that they provided for us while we were growing up was to work in nail salons and so I also acquired that trade. so when I wasn't in school I was doing nails I was working in salons trying to um, make something out of myself and Mm -hmm. I kept telling myself all right I'm just going to save up put myself in a good position go back to school figure out what I really want and then um, I feel like a lot of Things just kept piling up to where my goals of wanting to go back to school seemed like it was in the far distance, and it just seemed almost unrealistic to do. So I, I worked a lot. <laughs> I worked a lot, a lot. And it wasn't until uh, before the pandemic, actually, I decided to take a class at the community college just to prepare myself for the um, higher maths. In college so Mm -hmm. I was taking trigonometry and just as I took it I think not even halfway through uh, the pandemic hit and Mm -hmm. so while I was stuck at home I wasn't working but I still had my obligations to the class. Um, I wasn't doing well mentally because it was such a stress for me but Mm -hmm. I also had the realization that going back to school pursuing what I want the first step is never easy, and I just needed to put myself in that position to just, you know, be a little more fearless and really pursue it. So that's what happened.
0: Why did you enroll for your, for this class in, at the community college? I mean, uh, I know you've been wanting to do this for a number of years, but what kind of triggered that? What, what was the, if there was any trigger?
1: Yeah, so... I acknowledged my shortcomings and I, even though I was interested in STEM, I knew that like for example, mathematics, that was not my strongest area and when I realized I wanted to become a biomedical engineer, I realized that I needed uh, some sort of proficiency and so rather than jumping right back into school and struggling to catch up or keep up, I decided to take uh, like more beginning um, like math courses to sort of ease my transition back into college.
0: Well, that's that's fabulous. Now you mentioned biomedical engineering. Now, what, where did that interest come from? You know, during the years you were out of school, what happened, or was that something always at the back of your mind, or what? What, what was the reason for wanting to pursue that?
1: Yeah, uh, so it's it's pretty uh, full circle in a way. So I came from a small town in North Carolina, and um, as a result, I wasn't really exposed too much. And so, being from a small town, and you think about wanting to help people um, in the medical field, you mm-hmm. either were a nurse or an LPN or a CN, or mm-hmm. you were a doctor. And Uh for me, I I didn't want to become a doctor. I felt like that was a lot of uh, uh, responsibility uh, to take care of people for me. Uh And so I thought being a nurse would be okay. And eventually over time, I realized that being a nurse, I wasn't necessarily going to solve the issues that we're dealing with. But instead, I was just going to remedy um situations and problems. And so it wasn't until 2014, I believe, um, I actually joined the military. And so when I went in, I was excited my intention was to make it through four years and then go back and get my education. And mm-hmm. so I did that. Um, I wanted to go in as a corpsman because that's essentially like nursing. Um, Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, they were super saturated. And they said that with my score, uh, my proficiency, I was better off doing like aviation uh, electronics. And so apparently I had like um, an affinity for that field, that area, and I never knew it until that moment. And it wasn't until um, I found out about my own medical scare when I joined the military, Um, I was discharged in basic training medically. And Mm -hmm. that really affected me. And so I remember I was kind of spiraling downwards when I found out. And, you know, woe is me. I was just very upset at the world and just at myself, at at everything. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, but one day it just like I remember constantly asking myself like why me why this why is this happening and then mm-hmm. one day the light switched to me and instead of asking that I started asking who else in the world is also being affected by things beyond their control that affects their quality of life and mm-hmm. it was that realization that sort of like reinforced my thought that as becoming a nurse I could only help people Um, and show compassion and just help maintain their health but Mm -hmm. I realized if I were to become something like a biomedical engineer I could do greater good for more people um, by being in lab or like just being in industry so.
0: Then you went to the local community I I don't know if it's a local community college but went to a community college to study math you said you started doing trigonometry which which year was that?
1: Um. Good question. So this was during the pandemic. So this was two thousand 20, 20, twenty. Yeah. I started. Yeah. I started January two thousand twenty. That was when I picked up um, a class again. Okay. Cool.
0: So um, so then after you took this course, did you take only one course at that
1: time? I I did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then uh, tell me what happened after that. I mean, how did you proceed from there?
1: Yeah, so during that time um, I was still working in a salon and I was working as a manager as well. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately I realized that it was really draining for me mentally and emotionally. And so, Mm so I sort of like not necessarily quit, but I stepped down from my position and then eventually I did transition to quitting that location. And I just focused on my class, as well as just becoming an independent uh, nail technician at another salon. And mm. so, what happened after that was when I saw how I did, and and all of a sudden, just understanding these concepts clicked for me. I realized mm-hmm. that this is something I had to keep doing, and so. I wanted to go back to North Carolina for schooling because um, there are good programs here, and that's where my family is from. And mm-hmm. so I remember looking around, and everything that uh, I wanted to do, um, everything happened uh, sequentially. So, for example, like I can't take a certain course without, you know, taking a prerequisite that's only offered during a certain time of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, so I really had to time my timing basically, I had to time it properly. And I remember I wanted to start school again, um, I believe 2021, so January 2021. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, during summer, actually it was before summer, it was around May, uh, mid-May. Actually, no, it was towards the end of May. But Mm -hmm. I remember looking at local community colleges in North Carolina and I saw one that was affordable but also had a good uh, relationship with a local university for Mm -hmm. engineering. And Mm -hmm. I remember contacting the advisor, um, Mr. Charles Goodman. Uh, He was a blessing in disguise, I have to say. Um, I remember I wanted to just take one class. I wanna take calculus, get that out of the way so I can ease my transition in. He told me no, he wanted me to take three or four classes. And I said, absolutely not. So him and I settled on just one. (laughs) And I remember um, it was really hard that transition for me because I was still working full time and I was taking care of myself, you know, living on my own. But then I had obligations with class and so, I'm very grateful that the class was offered online because whenever my clients went to wash their hands or if I had time in between my clients, I would quickly watch the lecture or go over a couple of homework problems. And I remember I would go to work around 9.30 in the morning, go home around nine at night. I would actually eat in bed. I would bring my dinner, eat it in bed while doing my homework. And I remember staying up to like three or four in the morning. Going mm-hmm. to bed and then waking up around eight, just to do it all over again. So it was definitely a lot of uh, discipline.
0: Wow, but you do, but you did take multiple courses, right? So you did took, take three to four courses. Um, uh,
1: no, no. I just took one. Um, he, my advisor wanted me to take three or four, but
0: I know. Me, but so I, okay. So in the end, you decided to just take one. Okay.
1: Oh, you know what. Um, I, I I remember now, sorry, uh, I originally wanted to take more courses to classes I've taken in the past because my grades weren't the best, and so I wanted mm-hmm. to retake them, but my advisor, he advised against it, he told me it would be, you know, not a good um, investment of my time, and so we just compromised on one class as well. <laughs>
0: Then where did you go from there? What happened next next, uh,
1: semester? Yeah. So I remember um, the week of my finals, I actually moved from Rhode Island to North Carolina. And that was a really tough transition for me, having a lot going on, having to move Mm -hmm. out, pack everything, travel, I think, like 14, 15 hours. And then I still had to take my exam. That wasn't easy mentally. It was very draining. But Mm -hmm. I remember taking it and I was relieved by doing that. But essentially after doing that, I spoke to my advisor and I decided to move ahead with taking more classes. And so Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate enough to live with my sister. She allowed me to come back in and live for a little bit to get back on my feet. And so Mm -hmm. I was working on the weekends um, at my family salon while I was doing school. And so... Yeah, I I became a full-time employee uh, eventually. And then I also did full-time student work. Um, <laughs> like okay. like I said, yeah. a lot of things keep piling on me. So that same semester that I started, I got into a car accident, and so unfortunately because of that, I had to slow down and I had to um, like stop working full time, and I had to just pick one either focus on work or focus on school. And so I decided to go back to part time and just focus only on school.
0: Mm, excellent. I mean, excellent in the sense that it's good you got to focus on <laughs> yeah. uh, Um, Okay, so this is 2021-2022. Is that what this is?
1: Yeah, yeah. This was um, the same semester that I applied for the uh, Goldwater.
0: How did you get into research first?
1: Um, I got into research because of the uh, REU which is a research experience for undergraduates. Um, Mm -hmm. I never really knew much about it. And I always thought because I was only in like the community college systems and because I've been in and out of college. And so I felt like my foundation and my education was quite fragmented. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I was able to do research, let alone did I even have the potential for it. But Mm -hmm. um, my advisor is telling me about like RU opportunities. And so I decided to do some research and I started networking um, at my school. We have a science club and I met someone from industry who who was good friends with one of the PIs um, at another school. And so I decided to reach out to her and that basically just opened doors for me as far as research goes.
0: Hmm. So what kind of of research did you start doing?
1: Yeah, so I was at the uh, chemical and bioengineering uh, lab at Clemson University, and I was working with Dr. Jessica Larson. And the project that I was working on specifically was to create a copolymer that was uh, self-healing as well as injectable. And essentially, this was meant for um, drug delivery. At first, we were using it uh, specifically for a uh, pNSO so peripheral nervous system model, but then we realized that it had better applications um, in some other areas too. So we started exploring a little more of that.
0: Hmm. Now, this you've been doing. You had been doing this. You started this in 2021 or 2022. When did you start? Uh, Uh, this is
1: 2022 yeah so this was summer
0: 2022 you start doing this research and um, um, then what happens where did goldwater come in
1: yeah so goldwater actually happened before this oh really okay yeah yeah so (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) but uh, here's what happened so my professor was or sorry, my advisor, he was um, basically the dad I never had, that I never knew I needed, but actually needed, Mm -hmm. like, I'm so grateful for him. Um, Mm -hmm. I never knew about the Goldwater uh, scholarship, Mm -hmm. and he told me about it. And he sort of like nudged me in that direction. And I told him that I've never done research. So I didn't think I was even going to get it. And Mm -hmm. so I remember reaching out to the campus representative, but um, unfortunately, there was a transition that semester, so the person who was the representative was no longer the representative, and so my questions went unanswered for months. It wasn't until I think uh, the week before winter break that I got more information about the Goldwater um, application process, and so uh, during that time, uh, with the push of my advisor, I I applied. And I was really scared, I will admit, um, because like I was reading uh, different profiles of those who who did get the Goldwater Scholarship and I saw the schools they were from and what they were doing. And it was very ambitious and I felt like it was way over my head and mm-hmm. I had zero research experience under my belt. But um, my professor still encouraged me to just f- think about what I want to research in and just, even if I had no research experience, just lay out my proposal and what I would do. And so that's what I did. I mm-hmm. I didn't write a research paper, but I wrote a research proposal for my application.
0: What did you write about?
1: Uh, yeah, so the disease I chose to focus on was something that I was curious about from a global health perspective. Um, I chose to focus on African uh, trypanosomiasis, which is African uh, sleeping sickness disease. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is you have a mosquito that's a bloodborne vector. And once you are infected with it, uh, oftentimes you have symptoms that are mistaken for the common cold or like flu. And Mm -hmm. so as a result, these often go untreated for the right right issue. And it's Mm -hmm. not until it crosses the blood-brain barrier that you die in your sleep, unfortunately, and so that's where the the term sleeping sickness came from. And Mm -hmm. so my research proposal was on early detection of that by introducing um, nanospheres uh, into blood testing so that way we can actually pinpoint whether there is the the infection or not, the virus or not.
0: So, why did you pick this? I'm just curious, how did you stumble upon this or why was this an idea that you proposed?
1: Um, I think diseases kind of fascinate me in a way. Like it's amazing how the immune system works and how uh, there are various carriers out there, including you know mosquitoes as vectors. And mm-hmm. so I think one of the reasons why I was drawn to this one was because it's, it's a kind of disease that's often overlooked or mistaken for something else and oftentimes mm-hmm. is mistreated. And mm-hmm. from an economic standpoint, um, it doesn't make sense and it's not utilizing resources properly. And unfortunately, because of that, um, it also affects the accuracy of diagnosis and um, treatment. And unfortunately it does affect like mortality and morbidity rates as well. And so in my head, I was thinking like, you know, if if this could be prevented or if this could be detected early on, then we wouldn't even be in this position. We wouldn't be having discussions about these, um, these consequences. And so that's when I realized that I had almost like an engineering mindset, just thinking mm-hmm. about solutions, thinking about how I can do things effectively and efficiently. And so um, one another reason why I was interested in this one in particular is because uh, uh, again, it, it was it's something that I wasn't really addressed, something that is really hard to treat, and. And there's not too many research on it. And so mm-hmm. that sort of like sparked my curiosity even
0: more. Now, why do you why do you think you won the scholarship? Why do you think they awarded you the scholarship?
1: I asked myself this a lot, actually. In the first year, I asked myself that almost every single time. Um, yeah. at first I thought maybe it's because there is more funding allotted and so as a result they were more open to um applicants of different backgrounds but Mm -hmm. um something that my advisor told me and something that I have to remind myself as well because I think I do suffer with like the imposter syndrome um Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself that even without a research paper published or even experience I I do have that research potential and I believe the Goldwater. Foundation saw that potential as well.
0: Now that you have the scholarship, what kind of difference is it making?
1: Oh, um, I guess like in a way, I feel like it adds a little more stress or pressure on me because there's a certain reputation to the Goldwater Scholarship Foundation. And Mm -hmm. so it felt like it's something that I had to uphold, which I I felt really stressed out about because, again, Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, never really feeling like I deserved it. So that was really hard for me. But um, as far as that, I felt like some professors took me a little more seriously as a student, as a non-traditional adult student. Mm -hmm. Um, When when I got my research uh, experience in Clemson, um, they also allowed me to take it, or at least they were more inclined to accepting me and taking me on as a researcher uh, Mm -hmm. because I won the scholarship. And so I feel like, I don't wanna say it's like a golden ticket, but that's what a lot of people told me. But basically I feel like if I want to pursue, which I do, but when I do pursue my graduate studies, I do feel like having the gold water um, under my name in my resume, I feel like that sort of is a testament to my potential and my skills, um, despite looking at my resume and seeing so many gaps in between my education.
0: No question, no question. I mean, I think uh, uh, it's quite amazing and congratulations on getting the scholarship. I mean, it's Thank an amazing you. testament to your uh, tenacity and hard work. <laughs> Have you transitioned to a four-year uh, school now? Is that what what, what you've done? NCSU?
1: Yes, yeah. I'm currently a full-time student here.
0: Okay, so tell us about that. Tell us about the transition to uh NCSU um and how that's going What what is that like
1: yeah so um my first semester was really hard but thankfully I had a community behind me just rallying for me so mm-hmm. I'm also part of a scholars program at NCSU called the good Nights, uh, scholars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so um, as a result I did have access to more resources or at least I had more exposure to them than a student would and Mm -hmm. so my transition the first semester was really hard um I I think I was more focused on trying to establish myself uh socially as well because um I I wanted a sense of community and not Mm -hmm. just be a hermit just focus on my studies only and Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh I didn't realize the the intensity of my classes and Mm -hmm. And they were all like major focus too. So that was really hard for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will be frank. My first semester, my GPA was suffering a little because um, my mental health was also suffering actually. Um, Mm -hmm. But after that, I, I did take it seriously. I addressed everything going on with me and I just tried to take care of myself because I realized that if I couldn't take care of myself, I couldn't really put the energy that my education required. And I felt like I wasn't doing it any justice at all. And so my second semester, I was very focused. Um, I was still dealing with some personal uh, health issues in the background, but Mm -hmm. my professors at NCSU, they're so understanding and they're just wonderful people. And so they were willing to work with me and um, I was able to just focus on school From home, and and yeah, so that's that's how it happened. Um, I will say where I am now compared to a year ago is a complete one hundred and eighty. Like, like mentally, emotionally, academically, everything.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Now, um, are you are you a junior now? I am. Okay. Wonderful. (laughs) So you're still majoring in Biomedical and Health Sciences. That's something you want to continue, right?
1: Yes. um, I actually took on a couple minors too.
0: Mm, Which ones?
1: Um, So one of them is Nanoscience and Technology, and then the other one is Nuclear Engineering.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) Those don't seem very minor to me, but... uh... Now, in the time that's gone by, how has research impacted your education? How is it making a difference to your education?
1: I feel like it sort of supplements my education as well as complement it. So when I was uh, doing research at Clemson, there were a lot of things I was doing that I didn't fully understand, however, mm-hmm. um, In retrospect, I'm glad I did it because now I'm doing independent research and Mm -hmm. uh, the skills I learned there has translated into this lab that I'm currently at as well. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as research goes, um, I feel like it definitely helped out with my education and my classes really well because there are some things I learned in class that I never truly understood until it was applied in the lab or there Mm -hmm. were different things in lab that I, never really knew about and then I go into a class in another semester and I find out we're learning the same concept like the Brownian uh, fluid or fixed uh, law with diffusion so uh, those things were something I knew about from my research at Clemson before I even knew the true concept of it which is something I'm learning right now actually.
0: Now, what what research are you doing now? You said you were obviously doing research. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So currently I'm in an immunoengineering lab focused on uh, drug delivery and cancer research. And so Mm. my current project is to develop an acellular paste made out of a decellularized extracellular matrix.
0: Explain that to the common man. Tell me what you're saying to do. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to make an injectable paste that looks – it has the same consistency as toothpaste, but essentially – Yeah, I'm making a a drug delivery system that could be injected directly into the tumor. Um, But what we're trying to do is we're trying to localize the treatment to prevent any leaks from the tumor and essentially becoming toxic to the person or the the body. And so as a result, we're trying to figure out what is the best ratio and what is the best property that we can make for this uh, paste so it stays in the tumor and do what we want it
0: to do. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. How should high schoolers of today um, proceed or, you know, go about their business of looking for college and their journey? How should they think about it? I know that yours was sort of an uneven path, but you're here. What would you advise high schoolers?
1: Yeah. um, My advice, well, I guess a couple. Uh, Definitely focus on school. I feel like when I was in high school, I was more focused on establishing connections and relationships and just building up friendship. And unfortunately, uh, the people I was friends with in high school aren't really my friends now. Um, But what I realized was that my education still stays with me. And my I, I would definitely encourage high school students to sort of think about where they want to end up in life and even if you don't know your exact goal or what you want to be in the future just having that visualization even just an idea in the back of your head so you can start planning your pathway to get there I feel like um, by doing that you sort of understand the importance of of what needs to be done how it needs to be done and it It sort of makes you feel more accountable, but I feel like it's even more rewarding because when someone tells you to do something, you don't feel as inclined to, nor are you excited to, but when it's something that you lay out for yourself, it's scary, but it's so exciting and it's something that you should be proud of because you are making it happen. So focus on school.
0: (laughs) So Han, we're going to start winding down but before I let you go, I'd love for you to talk about some sort of a, you know, some cherished memory or some fond memory, anecdote, story, vignette, whatever, from your experience. Um, Something that you think um, listeners might benefit from or just enjoy?
1: I would say The only person stopping you is you. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that everyone has the potential and we all have an, an affinity towards something. And I feel like what happened was I sort of let a lot of people influence my decision and my own perspective. And so that sort of steered me off my path a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like once you advocate for yourself and you really push yourself and let others see that you're serious about yourself too I do feel like things just fall where they're supposed to. Um I will say one of my cherished memories it's very little it's very intimate for me but I remember it was about a year year and a half ago um I was at my mom's and I was wearing her pajamas because I came back to visit and I didn't have my clothes with me and I remember standing there at the door with her and I just gave her a hug and all of a sudden I just had a feeling like wow this is where I'm supposed to be and it made me realize that every action that I took to get back into school I did it for all the right reasons and it was truly for myself so yeah.
0: No, that's beautiful. That's really, really very nice and very, and, and rewarding, right, for you um, in terms of where you are today. So, oh, yeah. I
1: actually have one more thing to say. So, go ahead. Uh, don't be afraid. I have to say that so as far as pushing me to go into research and to apply for the Goldwater scholarship I was so afraid even to just take multiple classes I was so afraid of that transition and it wasn't until uh, my advisor pushed me that I finally you know reluctantly got over my fears and just really went for it so uh, don't stop yourself because you're afraid I would definitely say that
0: And thank God for the mentors and advisors who are looking out for you. So Han, this has been a wonderful conversation. Very, very inspiring. And it's great to see what you have accomplished and where you've come from and how you've overcome all the challenges and hurdles along the way. And I wish you all the luck as you continue your college journey. And I'd love to talk to you again in the future for right now take care be safe thank you so much
1: yeah thanks for having me I appreciate it thank you
0: absolutely take care now
1: thank you bye
0: yeah bye hi again hope you enjoyed our podcast with Han Tran on her inspiring undergraduate journey Han's story is one of self-drive determination and tenacity. High school did not launch Han to college, but she was determined that college was something she wanted to do. It took her some time to start that journey, but Han was fortunate to have an advisor who encouraged and pushed her. She won the Goldwater Scholarship, which opened doors, including being able to transfer to a four-year program at NCSU. I hope you find Han's story inspiring and work hard to reach your goals. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash Alma Matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.
1: College Matters. Alma, Alma Matters. matters.